Welcome to episode four of the Beyond Podcast, where we interview people who we find inspiring, who might inspire you too. Our special guest for today's episode is Neha. Neha just graduated from UC Berkeley in 2020, majoring in computer science and cognitive science. Currently, she works at Adobe as a software engineer. During college, she was the COO and project lead at Invention Corps, editor for the Berkeley Fiction Review, research assistant at Computational and Cognitive Lab, and connector teaching assistant at UC Berkeley Institute of Data Science. Outside of college, she worked as a software engineering intern at Etsy and software engineering intern at CyberCube. Welcome, Neha. How are you doing? Hey, Ethan. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so just to preface this, um, Neha and I worked together at Etsy, Keeping yeah. Commerce Human. Very exciting. In We're New both York, interns. So yeah, so fun in New York. And yeah, Neha like, gives really great advice, so I was really excited to have her on, on, on this podcast for this episode. So yeah, just to get us started, let's talk about like your experiences, like before college and what led you to, you know, eventually pursue computer science and cognitive science. Yeah. So sure. let's start with like, what were some like key experiences in high school that, you know, helped you a lot, um, like during college and helped you succeed in college and beyond? Like what were yeah. some of those key experiences for you? Yeah, so interestingly, even though once I got to college and, you know, after college, I'm big, like I'm a software engineer, I'm thinking like really logically all the time. Um, my road to get there was not like the traditional, like I loved math and I loved all my CS mm. courses. I was actually like my favorite class in high school was English and my really big kind of extracurricular in uh, high school was speech and debate. Um, but I actually think that having that kind of alternative view on things like being really humanities focused and really thinking about language and writing and enjoying like the softer skills really helped me when it came to applying for college and ultimately mm. I can see those skills that I picked up during doing speech and debate or you know creative writing in high school give me a really unique set of skills in the workplace especially in STEM where I feel like I was able to be a little more balanced or at least just have like a really unique perspective when it comes to the work I'm doing so um, in terms of important things I did in high school, the kind of defining pillar of my high school experience was definitely speech and debate. Um, I did, so there's like a ton of events in speech and debate and I did some debate and my main one was called OPP, which is original prose and poetry. And it just basically writing your own like one, 10 minute one woman play. And I would compete with that. Like That's every so Saturday cool. I'd put my suit on and go to a tournament and just kind of like perform my heart out. Um, and it was really fun. Wow. That's super fun. So like during that, did you do that like all throughout high school? Like how did you even find out about like speech and debate and what motivated you to, you know, get yeah. involved in that club in the first place? That's a great question because I think about that sometimes where speech and debate ended up being such a like defining pivotal part of my high school career. Mm -hmm. But the only reason I got into it was because in middle school, one of my friends was doing just like a, a week long speech and debate intensive in the high school. And she was like, mm -hmm. hey, do you want to do this too? We could be debate partners. And I was like, okay, why not? And really yeah. it was because of that one introduction and just surrounding yourself with the right people, I guess that Mm -hmm. everyone's kind of doing this one thing I guess I should figure out what it's like too and it really led me to something that I truly loved all four years so I started out just freshman year I took our intro speech and debate class fell in love with competing and then it was kind of my life for the next three years that's super cool and then like what motivated you like once you entered college to like I guess it's it's like a little bit different like computer science and cognitive science like what motivated you to like go into those fields um 
like starting at Berkeley? Yeah, so um, when I came into college, I really wasn't quite sure what I wanted to major in. I think a lot of times um, when you're, especially I think a lot of Berkeley students might share this experience, you're very single-mindedly focused on just getting into a good school, right? In high school, yeah. I got to get the SATs, I got to mm -hmm. get the grades, I got to do the extracurriculars. And you're the only thing you're really thinking about is I want to get into a specific school, not thinking as much what I want to do when I get there. Um, and sure, you like think about it a little bit to like write your essays and, you know, say yeah, like, oh, Berkeley's the right place for me because like yeah. this program is so great. But I think it didn't feel real until you actually have you you press that button on Cal Central saying that you're going and then all of a sudden right. it's like, oh, this felt like the biggest journey of my life to get here. But actually mm -hmm. the real journey starting right now as I figure out what I'm going to do with my time um, now that I'm here. So I had an idea. I had taken computer science classes. I took my one APCS class in um, high school and my dad's a computer engineer. So I kind of had that background. Um, mm -hmm. So I knew that it was something like, I think that's something that really opens up your, just knowing people who have done things in the past opens mm -hmm. up what you know is possible. Right. I think that's one of the reasons why something I'm so passionate about is encouraging like women in STEM because all it takes is seeing people doing roles that you might envision yourself in that kind of opens those doors for you. So for me, mm -hmm. I happen to have lived with a software engineer all my life. So I knew exactly what that entailed. Um, and then taking having the access to computer science education in my school allowed me to immediately before I had to make any decisions about my major actually take a class and see if I liked it or not. So those factors kind of combined with my own personality, just knowing that I'm a really logical thinker and I right. really like to build things. Um, so I knew in the back of my mind, okay, computer science might be something that I'd be interested in. Um, but at the same time, I knew that I'm not a math person. I do not enjoy these math classes that I'm taking. And it seemed like everything I was reading about computer science, everyone I was meeting who were computer science majors were like, all about numbers and like they were really excited about their engineering classes and like you know their calculus classes and I just knew that I didn't quite fit in there either um so going into college I was actually thinking about being a cognitive science major which I, I am a cognitive science major um because a lot of those interests that I was talking about in high school when I was really interested in language I was interested in performing I'm really interested in psychology um so a lot of my interest when it comes to computer science was viewing CS as a tool to figure out things that I was really interested by. So one of my big passions is natural language processing and understanding how a computer can, you know, start to bridge that gap between cognition and computation. So I came in as a cog sci major um, and I was like, okay, maybe I'll minor as CS. I don't really know what this is about. I'm kind of too scared to broach it. Um, so I was taking cog sci, but cog sci at Berkeley is a very, it's kind of like a cousin major to CS. A lot of people will do one or the other or minor in CS and have a cog sci major. So I did that and through my cog sci coursework, I have to take intro CS classes. So I took 61A, which is our first intro class at Berkeley. It was good, I had a good time, I got a good grade. I was like, okay, maybe I'm kind of yeah. good at this. And then I took 61B, which is our data structures class. Mm -hmm. And I had it with Hilfinger, who um, is a notorious oh. professor for giving a lot of projects, having a lot of work and being really hard. Um, but I really felt like in that class, I was flourishing under those specific mm. circumstances. I loved working on the project. I'd be up all night working on um, the 61B project, but I really enjoyed the way it was forcing my brain to think. Um, and that's kind of what clued me into 
kind of forming a narrative of my own of, okay, this is what computer science is. Like, I know you've heard all of these things about what computer science majors are like and what those jobs are going to be like, but you are witnessing what the work would be like for yourself. And I really, really enjoyed it. So that's kind of what pushed me over the edge my sophomore year to tack on that double major because I was like, this is good. I can do it. Yeah. I know that it, it might be hard, but if I'm finding something that I'm truly enjoying doing, then I got to keep seeing where this path leads. Right. And yeah, I think for, for me, like at Berkeley, the projects are what like pushed me over to Ed to really fall in love with, mm -hmm. you know, CS at Berkeley are the projects from like 61A and 61B. I think there's like super fun and you can see like how like software engineering can be applied to like all these different types of applications. So yeah, yeah that's yeah, super really cool. Puts, yeah. I think what you're learning in context, because I think right. computer science could be like a really kind of like ambiguous, yeah. immaterial subject at times you're like okay I'm like learning about recursion and like I can barely grasp the concept of recursion as it is but then when right. you connect it to a real problem that you want to solve all of a sudden you're so much motivated to figure it out all of a sudden efficiency means something to you it's not just like right. a number you know it's not a test question yeah. like, I want my program to run fast like it's going to kill my computer if it like keeps doing the stupid loop I have it in so that it really like motivates you to understand what's important and how to think the right way yeah exactly and then like when you get into like an internship, right? I think I learned a lot more like at Etsy, like when we're mm -hmm. working there, like even more, like like even more context was like real life. Like you're building things for like real people. I think mm -hmm. that's when it like finally clicked. You're like, wow, this is super cool. You can do a lot of amazing things with it. Yeah, exactly. I think it's just really a matter of experience. And that takes me back to why I just like think it's so important that everyone have access to education like that. Like mm. Berkeley sets you up in such a great way to be able to have those projects in school, but then also allows you those, it opens those doors for things like internships where you can really see right. everything play out in person. Um, because I don't think I, I think it would have been a terrifying prospect if I had not had, had seen real life applications. And then I just graduated and I was like, okay, theoretically, this is the job that I think I will like, but now for the first time, as I'm getting a full-time job, I'm going to figure it out. Like that would have been yeah, scary. Just you like, luckily I like what I do, but if you don't, then all of a sudden you're right. stuck with a degree and a job you don't like. Yeah. That's a really good point. And I think like, especially for me, like I'm graduating next semester and I always wonder mm -hmm. like, yeah, very exciting. Yeah. Um, finally, graduating, early, right? graduating a little bit early. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm like working on this thing that I'm like really passionate about, like developer tools or whatever, mm -hmm. but like my thing is like, what if I like something like even more, right? And that's always an unknown and something that's made me a little uncomfortable is like, 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 am I really working on something like I'm the most passionate about? Yeah. And I was curious, like, what are your thoughts on that sort of thing? Like finding your passion, like at work and like also mm -hmm. circling back to like college, like you mentioned like you were part of invention core and like all these amazing clubs like what helped you identify like what was your, like what what helped you identify uh, like your passions in uh, in college and beyond yeah there, there that's a great question and there's kind of a lot to talk about here um but i, I will say like i definitely resonate when you say like is this like the is this what i'm passionate about is this like the best i'm gonna get and i think that comes down to like almost a personality thing. Like I'm a pretty mm -hmm. anxious person and specifically I'm, I'm very much a perfectionist. And I think now that I'm out of college, it has kind of reared its head in almost an unexpected way where the perfectionism is like 
manifesting in perfectionism about is my life the best life that it could be even though like I know it's a good life I like what I'm doing I'm like but is there something better do you really like what you're doing right now like I know that it's okay but like is it the best thing that you could be doing Um, and that's certainly something that I've been dealing with now that I'm working from home and there's nothing really else to do except for like sit and think about it which is not a very like healthy place to be I think if it were a normal situation I would be like actually doing stuff I would be moving out I would be you know going out with friends and things um but I think something that I've figured out is just that there's always going there's always a possibility that maybe there's something better but I think something that my CS class has taught me actually like you know you you take CS7 and you learn more probability it's like there's a really good chance that this is the best thing or if not you know, on the like normal curve, it's very much, it's like 90th percentile, you know, like I really like what I'm doing. I'm really happy. And I think I, you just kind of need to learn to understand that that could be enough, you know, like right. take a breath and be happy with what you have. And also understand that you have the privilege and power to investigate other things if you are passionate about them. I think this podcast is a really great example of that. Like, you know, you are a software engineer, you're going to be working on things that you're passionate about, but you completely have the freedom to explore other things like podcasting or arts. That's really important Mm -hmm. to me. Like I mentioned, I am an engineer, but I also have a lot of passions in the arts, like writing and um, like visual arts and things like that. And just understanding that just because I'm doing one thing, that doesn't mean that I'm barred from exploring other passions. Um, really kind of like helps put that in perspective. And then speaking to your question about how I kind of found that in in college, um, I think it was, so if I were to give advice to anyone who um, is like starting out college or still in school is to really lean into the idea that, first of all, know that those questions will come up as soon as you graduate, you're gonna be, you're, I looked back like on my graduation day and I was like, did I do enough? Should I have like joined more clubs? Uh, should I have like taken other classes? Because again, it's like what I talked about in high school, it's so easy and really comfortable to get into a line of thinking of here's my goal. I'm just gonna like single-mindedly get to my goal because that's the one thing I know is important for me to actually like accomplish. Um, But really taking a step to like look around um, can lead you to new goals and new like really fulfilling things um, to do. So um, in college, I think one thing that really helped me was um, the clubs that I joined. And a big one, as you mentioned, is Invention Core. So that was a really defining part of my college experience. So Invention Core, the little spiel is that it's um, a multidisciplinary organization, really just with the purpose of taking on projects that accomplish some kind of good, whether it be on a macro scale or just a micro scale. Like for example, we're working with like Fields Coffee Shop this year, but we've also worked with uh, midwives in Ghana to create things that will help them learn how um, to do their job better. So that was a really, really interesting and exciting club to be a part of because it was kind of the first time I took a step to just find my own passions and stray away from what seemed to be kind of the general narrative for what a computer science major should be doing or what a software engineering major should be doing. Um, Because here I was uh, faced with a group of just every major under the sun. We had econ majors, we had architecture majors, we had CS majors, we had bioes, and we were all actually grouped together based on a passion rather than um, a goal. And there's, there's a really subtle difference, I think, between a passion and being driven by um, a desire to like do good or something mm-hmm. like that versus 
being driven by uh, an end goal, like I want to secure an internship, I want this to look good on my resume. And at Invention Core, I kind of found that we were all united by that same just inner fire to, we're all doing different things, but at the end of the day, we want our things to help other people. Um, so that was a really kind of grounding experience for me because, you know, every Friday we would have these workshops, we would come in, we would learn these other skills, but we'd always be driven by this one kind of North Star of taking it back to empathizing with the people we're trying to help. Um, how are we going to do things for others? And that I think helps me even now that I'm out of college, every time I kind of have that worry of, am I really passionate about what I'm doing or am I, you know, studying the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? I have that perspective to know if what I'm, if I feel like what I'm doing is helping someone else, then even if it's a big thing I'm doing or a small thing I'm doing, it's making a positive difference. And that's, that's good enough for me, you know? So right. that find that perspective and community was really important to me in terms of building my identity in college. Yeah. I, I think that's like really important to underscore is like, there's no one right path to, SW. Like when I went into Berkeley, I was like, man, I need to get into like a, like a coding club to get an internship. And boy, was I wrong. That is not true at all. And like, honestly, it's a time for exploration. And you mentioned like invention core was like super ground grounding for you. And like, it helped you find your identity. And I think that's what clubs are for. It's like finding Mm -hmm. community, finding a great support system and like, you know, finding who you are. It's not like, oh, I'm going to pad my resume or like, like this will get me a job. Like that's not mm-hmm. the, I don't think that's the best way to approach it personally. But yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. And I think my interview and like getting jobs um, during this process, that was a weird way to phrase that. But I think my, my actual resume building or when I actually, when it actually came down to me getting jobs and interviewing for jobs, I don't even think it was like necessarily the resume boosters that or what got me the job or got my foot in the door. It was more just my personality and me actually being passionate about the things that I was doing. Um, Because really at the end of the day, you can force yourself into like a sweet mold and like join all the clubs. But if you're, and people, it's, it's a stock thing that people say all the time. Like if you're not passionate about it, your interview is going to be able to see it. But I, I really think that's the case. Even if it's, even if you're the best pretender in the world, there's a different motivation that you have when you love what you're doing and you really want to get to a specific job because you love doing it. Um, And I I think that's maybe sometimes undervalued or you you think that you can kind of fake your way or like check off all the boxes. Um, But I think you do yourself a disservice when you do that because the truth is like, you should be wanting to do things that you're really excited and passionate about too. And it's really scary to admit to yourself that you might not know what that is. And that's certainly a point that I was in when I was first in college. And even now, sometimes it's, you don't, it almost feels like you're admitting a failure in some way to say, I'm not sure what I'm doing. I'm not sure if what I'm doing is the right thing to do, but it's really liberating to tell yourself that that's okay. You're, the world is open to you. Like look at any single thing. And if you like it, try it. If you don't like it, we'll just like move on to the next thing. There's nothing wrong with not knowing where, if you're in the right place right now. Yeah, that is, that's something that is like a really great point. I never thought of it that way. Um, I think for me, like personally, like when I was in Berkeley in my early years, when we're, when I was trying to declare, I felt like really like insecure about my decisions because I was like, mm-hmm. is this best for like getting like, an internship or is this best for mm-hmm. like me landing a job is this good for me like for my software for me becoming a good software engineer 
And what I realized at the end of the day is like, it's fine to feel indecisive because a lot of people are probably in the same boat as you. And, you know, sometimes you just have to like stay focused on, I guess, like what you like learning. I think learning is the most important part. Um, I don't know if you had a similar experience, but like there are certain courses in CS where you feel kind of like lost. Like sometimes you're like, wow, this concept is so confusing. And you like go to office hours and you talk to your friends and it's still like very difficult. And I had like a, a few of those experiences and um, what helped me like, you know, move past that was just understanding like, it's okay sometimes to not know something, like just try your best. And, like, yeah, that's a, that's a great point because I think that was um, a real kind of lesson that I needed to learn about like sophomore or junior year when the classes just started getting really, really hard, right. um, where the, the idea that I would need to go to office hours or need to get help from external sources was honestly kind of foreign to me. I think for a lot of Berkeley students, maybe you come in and you're supposed to be like, kind of like really good at whatever you're doing. That's that's how you got into Berkeley. Um, but then you start taking these really hard classes and all of a sudden, like the truth is that you could either kill yourself and try to figure it out by yourself or you can reach out to help and learning how to reach out to help and knowing what to ask for is actually skills that I had to learn while I was taking these classes. And it definitely got to the point where, like I, I remember I was taking CS70, which is a discrete math and probability class, same for CS170, which is an algorithms class. I had a schedule. I would, on Friday, I had only one class. The rest of the time I spent in office hours just doing the homework. Um, and at first it felt like, why do I need so much help? Why do I need to spend hours in office hours? But the truth is that that's a way of learning too. Um, something that I always think about is um, Hank Green said, he's like a big YouTube guy. Um, Hank Green says that when any, everything that you know, you didn't know at some point. So right. before you make fun of someone for not knowing something, you were in that exact place before someone taught it to you. Um, and I definitely think that's important to learn when you're struggling in classes and you will struggle in classes in Berkeley, just like seeing everyone who gets it so naturally, like they didn't understand it at 1.2 and then they figured it out. There's nothing inherently wrong with not understanding a concept or not being able to solve a problem. Exactly. And I think that's especially important in a professional setting as well. I don't know if you can shed some light about like now as a full-time engineer but like for me, like during internships, I would always feel so dumb at the beginning of the internship. I would just be like, wait, what does this mean? This mean? And like, I realize like, I think people have an expectation, like you won't know a lot of things. And like, once you become comfortable asking all these like questions that you have in mind, you're going to be like a lot more successful. And yeah, it's, it's just hard to like, that, just um, overcome that. When we were interning like, together at Etsy, like yeah. I definitely would like, um, no, like it, it was really great to like, cause I had that same idea of like, I want to prove myself to them. I want to show right. them that I'm a really good um, intern. So I don't want to like show any weakness by yeah. asking questions, but yeah, you, you're exactly right. They totally, first of all, they expect you to just like know nothing. Like they, yeah. they didn't, they hired you as an intern. And I think it's easy for you to always feel like you're like the most important person in the room, but it's like really <laughs> not important as an intern is like the reality of it. Um, so yeah, just like asking questions. And I think that's such a good uh, like habit to fall into because again it goes back to pretending like why pretend to be anything that you're not like right. if the truth is that I don't understand how to do this thing 
who is it helping for me to pretend that I know how to do it? It's not helping the company because they're getting probably subpar work from me because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> it's not helping me because I'm not learning. It's not helping my team because now they think I can do something that I can't. So yeah, ask questions. Just be, just be honest about where you're at. Exactly. You're already hired, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're already hired. Wait, I, one of my biggest worries in the beginning of Etsy was that I was going to get fired and yeah. I remember talking, talking to other people I was like hey man like you know remember like the first thing like they give you this like github the, repo to like learn weekend? yeah or something and then like you had to like do that and I was struggling with it and I would always message Kyle I'll be like hey yeah, I uh, can you help me so ahead of everyone I was like the super code lab whatever it's called yeah the and super code like, lab oh, Dude, I was like, man, I'm going to get fired in my first week. I can't finish yeah. this quickly. Yeah, but yeah, I guess like after I think two weeks of that, I just got bored of it. And I was like, I asked my manager if I could stop. And she's like, yeah, it's probably fine. Yeah, it was like not <laughs> not that important. Like, I don't think it was that important. It was just like fun. I think it was like very stuff. broad. So it didn't like yeah. some parts were really helpful for each person. But like, exactly. Yeah, it wasn't like catered to your exact job. So not all of it. Was yeah. Like, but yeah, I remember there was like a database section in it and only one person could like edit the database at a time. So we'd be like in line I remember that. in the super code lab. And you're like, please let me in. <laughs> yeah. That was, was so funny. Time. And I remember like my favorite moment at Etsy was, or not my favorite moment, like my favorite moments were like when we were hanging out as interns. And I think that's like yeah. something that I found like very helpful throughout college is like having like a good group of friends and a good like study group like I've done really poorly in classes where it's like just me and I don't know anyone else and I don't know like at Etsy what made me like having like a really great group of friends and like mm -hmm. fellow interns who are also like like doing stuff at Etsy was just super helpful like in a weird way like not weird way like unexpectedly like just having that support system yeah, was just like very helpful for productivity agree with that um yeah I I think to date like that was just like the best summer of Dude, my that was life. so fun such a great time like could probably do an entire podcast episode about like how much <laughs> I loved that summer um but yeah I think the people made a really huge difference and I remember when we were doing yeah. end of uh, summer presentations we were told to like put our favorite part of the experience and I, I just put a bunch of pictures yeah. of all of the crazy oh gosh, things that we yeah. did that entire summer um because it was it I think one big thing, one ex big ex unexpected thing that I learned from that summer was just the importance of having a good team around you. And I mm -hmm. kind of already, like, Funny I knew that from like a friend's sense, um, where I really believe that you're the average of like the closest five people around you. Yeah. Um, but it, it really showed me, I think internships, a big part, a big purpose of internships is showing what, like kind of what's your list of things that you need in a job that you take. And something that I didn't have on the list before Etsy, but I certainly had afterwards, was the importance of having a team that I really jived with. Um, and it was the interns, all of us, and then also the actual team that I was on that I'd be working with every day. It is such a pleasant and good experience when you like the people that you're working with and you really feel 100%. like you are part of a team working towards a common goal. Yeah. It really makes like the world of a difference where you're not just like a singular person doing your job and tapping out. It's like, this community, this building is like a place that I really enjoy being. Yeah. And like what stuck out to me in like Etsy was like, as, as you mentioned, like the people and like enjoying working with the people, but what was super cool was the people like were super interesting. Like one of my coworkers, she had her own band. Yeah. And then like one of my other coworkers was like really good at cooking. And like my other coworker just like traveled a lot. And I was like, wow, these people like 
are so cool and super interesting. While like, to be yeah. honest, when I worked at certain other companies, like the software engineers, all they did was <laughs> code, code, code all day and talk about algorithms. And it was kind of, it was fun, but like, it wasn't as like enriching hearing about like all these different shared experiences. So that's something yeah, that kind of opened my eyes. Yeah, I think Etsy, like uh, my team at Adobe is kind of like that too, but I think speaking yeah. to Etsy, like one thing that they just did incredibly, especially on the engineering team, I think they really prioritized bringing in people of really varied backgrounds. Like there were a lot of engineers on the team that were not engineers by trade. Like they had done yeah. something else and then they did like a boot camp, and now they are doing uh, computer science. And I, that really lent to like so many cool people to talk to. Like I remember we we had a hackathon and I was working with someone in I think UX research and at the end of the summer she like sent everyone an email she's like I'm leaving Etsy I'm going to pursue my dream of painting in France and she just fully moved to France so to become cool. a painter and I was like people here are so cool like I think that's a big takeaway of my time <laughs> at Etsy was just like everyone and maybe like New York in general because that's the first time I'd really spent any time out of True. California and I had really um imagine this like beautiful place that New York would be and like I think Etsy really like lived up to that I was like every single person sure. is so cool they're so chic like the best people at Etsy for sure on yeah and we were set up like right next to the train station where we live that was hype yeah. like EHS like I cannot like over emphasize how it was you walk out of the door and the subway station is right there and you could also go to Brooklyn Heights and we lived in a bougie we area lived- yeah, we lived in a really nice area. We lived like maybe a five minute walk from the Brooklyn Bridge. We right. were, like Dumbo was right there. The piers were all right there. Dumbo. Like... Yeah. Oh, we were so lucky. So what was it? The yeah. the promenade? Is that what it was called? Like when you Yeah, the promenade, walk? like that looks over. Yeah. Incredible. Was... It's like a view of Manhattan. Yeah. Wow. That was yeah. honestly that was and we could walk cool. to the office every day, which is like so few That's people nice. can do that. Even in New York, like we didn't have to take a train or anything. We would literally walk to our office and then walk back. And then get we were really like, spoiled as interns. Yeah. From the place next door. <laughs> Dude, and then also they had like those lunches, right? Which really built community as well. Yeah. yeah, which I thought was really good. And something that I tried to like do for like my own club, you mentioned like you were like on the exec board for you know, Invention Core and like as a leader of like my own club now, I, I try to do that as well, like building community. And I, mm-hmm. I kind of steal like some of the, the themes that like Etsy, Etsy has. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, bringing it back to what I was saying with Invention Core, I think Etsy Mm -hmm. really kind of manifested that idea that I had been building through my like work with projects in Invention Core about being, doing mission led work. And I think Etsy was a really great company to do that in where Mm -hmm. um, I worked on really user facing, uh, like a really user facing team. Like we literally worked on like the most traffic page. So we were always thinking (laughs) about like, our people, there were so many like little metrics that you had to look at because it's like, we want people to like use this, uh, like to buy things on Etsy. Right. Um, and I think they did such a great job of like always, you know, putting their motto in the forefront, like keep commerce human, um, all of the changes, the big changes that we went through that summer, um, whether it be a new feature or a new initiative, it was so kind of rooted in the people that we were doing it for. Uh, and it was all really driven by this idea that we were helping small businesses and artists like show their work off. Um, and that solidified the idea that work is really meaningful for me when I can be connected to the people I'm doing it for and really see that I'm making an impact in other people's lives. So it was really cool to kind of see that thread carry over from school to actually working in the real world. Yeah, I think that's a huge thing. Like when I was recruiting was 
like being client facing in a sense where you could like kind of see like how your user is using your like product mm -hmm. like at github like yeah. you can literally see developers you like crit criticizing <laughs> your feature or like <laughs> complimenting it. it yeah yeah like people like give you very very candid feedback oh which yeah, is yeah i really like it like it's really helpful so you know like oh like i'm impacting this one user this way and yeah. it's similarly to like what we do at school like building like what you did in Benjacore is super cool like all the different clients you worked with like you can see like your real impact and that's yeah. what I like personally like gets me going like for definitely um yeah. I think it's interesting that you bring up like the really candid user feedback because I think yeah. that kind of displays maybe a flip side of feeling so user connected um because I don't know how you feel about getting negative feedback I think that's yeah. a little we got a taste of that are, are at our summer at Etsy because that's the right. summer they rolled out this kind of unpopular um I don't know, like free is it free shipping? Feature, that one? Unpopular yeah. like way of doing things, I guess, that a lot of the yeah. sellers on Etsy were really upset about. Um, so I don't know how you felt about seeing. I remember we used to send each other videos <laughs> yeah. of like people just ripping it apart. Um, and then we even oh though we gosh, don't work there for like a month, I, I remember being like, What kind of best? Like and being like, I think as as invested as you get for you know giving people a positive experience, right? That, you also feel it when people have a negative experience. I don't know if you felt similarly. Yeah, um, I felt the same way. And I remember we were reconnecting with the other interns and a Pranay shared a thread from a forum where they criticized like an article about the interns and specifically criticized me. Because wait, they wait, said, I like, don't even think I saw this. Okay, so basically this thread said like, hey, this kid said oh. this. And I was just trying to be vulnerable in my interview. I was like, oh, <laughs> in my first two weeks, I had to ask Stum for help. That's literally the premise of the first thing. Like, and then they're like, oh, this type of engineer is low quality. Like, this is the stuff that is like, this is why Who like Etsy is like, messed up. It was like a random anonymous user on Etsy. Okay, wait, send me, like, me. Really send me this like later. Yeah, I, I will send it. it to you after. I don't know if my like, heart can take it, but like, <laughs> I want to read it. It's, it's not that intense. Like it was like three sentences, okay. but it hurt. Okay. It's still, yeah, no. I was, I was upset. And I was like, Pranay, why do you show me that? I would like not know it if you showed me that. Like next time, don't show me that. But like, okay, so dude, that's like different crazy. because that's like a personal attack. Like that's not even like attacking the work that you did. That's like saying yeah. Ethan is a bad engineer. Yeah, and <laughs> I was like, like whoa. You have to not be like hurt by that. Yeah, I was like, whoa, not true. But yeah, but first of I all, guess, whatever. I'm a gas engineer. Yeah, of all, go off of anonymous. But <laughs> yeah, next time use your real name. But <laughs> anyways. Um, yeah, I think like criticism is something that is hard to, you know, take for mm -hmm. me, like in general. And I've learned like in my most recent um, internship experience, like, like I'm, I'm act like that's one of the things like I'm actively working on is like how to take constructive criticism. Yeah. Like, do you have any like advice on that realm? Like how I handle it is like it hurts a little bit, but I'm like I look at it. I'm like, OK, I got I got to work on that. That's a flaw. Yeah. Me yeah a little yeah. bit. Um. Yeah, that's like, uh, it's interesting because I, I, first of all, I'm like definitely the same way where like, I think I'm so attached to the work that I do, maybe like overly attached to what I'm putting out into the world where it feels like an extension of me. Um, so if someone comes for the work, then it feels like someone is like insulting me personally, right. um, yeah. which is obviously not the case. So I think the first thing to do is like really think about maybe the unhealthy attachments you have to certain things. Mm. So knowing I am not my work, I'm not the work that I produce. I'm just someone who is doing my best to create this piece of work. 
and it's a work in progress. I'm going to keep like bettering myself. Um, and then like, I think we all know that it shouldn't hurt. It's a learning experience. Like you just gotta learn from it and move on, but it, like, you can't help, but you know, when you get criticism, at least I can't, like, I think it's going to sting. And I think you just had to keep telling yourself that first of all, the sting is not like a productive emotion. That's something that I, I try to like tell myself, especially when it comes to work, really having that distinction between there's a part of me that is an employee for this company. And there's the other part of me that's just my own person. And this employee has gotten a piece of feedback. Now you can agree with that piece of feedback or you can disagree. If you agree, that means that you need to improve yourself. And if you disagree, you can either bring it up if you think that's important, or you can put it into context for yourself and know that you can either improve, you can change the way you do things later. Um, but I think when, particularly when it comes to constructive criticism on the work, I think if you can kind of take yourself, like your real personal feelings out of the situation and just understand that everyone wants to do a better job for the product, it kind of helps things feel less personal, but. Yeah, I, I definitely, agree with that like taking the feelings out of it is hard and I think like having those difficult conversations and you know being honest go hand in hand like people will give you honest feedback and sometimes you're confused by it and like the best way that I approach that like sometimes when I'm like hey like I don't understand where this is coming from I usually like have a conversation with that person and yeah. you, that like honestly gives a lot of information because over slack especially like when it's maybe remote like there's not as much like feeling involved so it doesn't sound as friendly so it's really important mm -hmm. to you know assume the best intentions as like our handbook said back in the day yeah but like yeah just like assume that the person that's saying it has good intentions and then just follow up with them and say like hey like what do you mean by that and I think that's something I want to add on is like you know sometimes it's important to follow up and like not try to like take it the wrong way yeah, yeah. It that's a really possible. good point to bring up during like this really weird kind of work from home yeah. situation we're all in mm -hmm. um and I can't I think you can probably speak to it better than I can because I I just started like work so I didn't necessarily need like end of internship check-ins or anything like it wasn't as important right. for people to be like consistently giving me feedback um but yeah I can I can totally see that must have been a big challenge for you to like because in an internship, they have to give you feedback. There's no not giving you feedback, but now you have to do it through like a Slack message or like even a yeah. Zoom can feel impersonal, but it's not like they can just, like they, ha they have to tell you these things. Um, so right. it's, I guess it's important to like understand and remember that no one is a perfect worker. Like if you were a perfect worker, you wouldn't be like an intern right now. You'd be like running the company, you know? Right. Yeah. We all have flaws and it's always helpful to, you know, learn from you know, all these types of, I like to fr frame it as like feedback. Like, I don't know if critic yeah. criticism sometimes like has a negative connotation, but like yeah, definitely a, the feedback that's, that's important. Yeah. Cause like yeah. maybe like honestly in a professional environment, I don't know if anyone should be like criticizing you. Cause I think that yeah. adds a layer of like judgment of like, Hey, you shouldn't do it this way. I think feedback's a good way to think about it where it's like, um, Hey, like maybe this is like a learning opportunity for you, or this is like a way that you could do things a little better. Um, yeah. Right. Definitely. And I think like something that ties in with like um, criticism or feedback is the notion of rejection. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's also really hard to take, like, especially in early on in like college where you're just like applying to a bunch of things, like whether it's clubs, 
like internships, research positions. And like at Berkeley, at least for me, I was rejected by like most of those organizations. And that was really frustrating. Like what tips do you have for like college students for, you know, facing or overcoming rejection? Like, like, do you have any like tips for, you know, overcoming that little hurdle early on in your career? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think when it comes to rejection, it, it goes back to kind of what I was saying about exploring in college and not pretending to be something that you're not. Um, because I don't know, maybe it's a naive idea, but I really do feel like if you're as clear minded as you could possibly be about who you are and what you want and what you're passionate about, that will lead you to find the right opportunities. Um, and I, I really feel like that's kind of how my life has like turned out where like, I don't even know, like how do you apply to internships? When do you start applying to internships? I, I really didn't know much about that. Um, I didn't even go to career fairs until like my senior year was like the first career fair that I went to. Um, the way I got Etsy was I was at a hackathon for fun. And I I literally, I saw their table. I don't know if you remember, the table was like in the corner of like the I'll second hacks, floor right? or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I saw them and I literally said to my my partner who was there with me, I really like those notebooks and pens. They're really pretty, <laughs> I want one. So I'm gonna go over there and, and talk to her. Like I, like that's who I am as a person. Like aesthetics really like matter to me. I loved Etsy's aesthetics. That's why I went to the table. Okay. And I just had a great conversation with Sarah who was there, who was our recruiter. Um, and that led me to like, I was really passionate about like getting to New York, like I had this idea about what that would be like. And that is what kind of propelled me to where I got. And same thing, I think when I when I got Adobe, it was another like serendipitous moment that I can get into later if you're interested. Um, but I really felt like not doing it for the job necessarily, but doing yeah. it like, I like talking to these people, like my interests have led me here. That's what opened the doors really easily. Like, I, I don't mean to like be bragging. Like, that, that's not bragging. That's just saying that like, when I knew who I was and what I wanted, that led me to things that I was naturally good at and that were right. naturally fit for me because I wasn't awesome. pretending to be anything else. So I think when yeah. it comes to rejection, like the times where I've been rejected from like a company or a club, I think in hindsight, I could, the truth is that I didn't fit with those people better or for worse. Like you can take that as a critique right. of yourself and you can beat yourself down of like, why weren't you what they needed? Why weren't you smart enough? Why couldn't you solve those problems fast enough? But like, you can work really hard on yourself and like definitely work really hard on yourself to get where you want to go. And even if that means working hard enough until you get to the point where that company that or club that rejected you finally accepts you, like that's totally fine. But understanding that it wasn't necessarily a random happenstance. It wasn't a judgment of your character. It just, the facts are the facts and the facts are that you as a person or not even a person, you, the work that you produced or like the person that you are, the way that you mesh did not match what you're trying to like link up with. So either work harder if that's, if that's what you know you wanna do then identify what the, the broken link was or really take a step back and think about why did I get rejected? Is it because I'm just not as passionate about this as they are? Am I not the right, like, do, if it's a club, like, is my personality just, like, not the kind of personality that they're looking for? If they're, like, a social club, like, am I just not getting along with them? Because if you're not getting along with them, then you shouldn't be right. in that club already. So it's really, I think, taking a, a very, like, analytical approach to mm -hmm. um, your feelings is kind of what helps me to not get bogged down by, like, just feeling that I, I'm just not good enough. It's like, no, 
something yeah. is off. Figure out what was not good enough and figure out if you want to fix it or if it was a valid mismatch. Right. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Like using that like analytic framework. I remember how I got my Etsy internship was like literally very similar to your yeah. experience. Like I was at CalHack's second floor. I saw Less Sarah. Than we could I was... walk past each other, which is yeah, crazy. I, that that would be crazy, right? Yeah. Etsy, where it's like we all went to the same school, but we just never, we never we didn't know each other, each other until we were there. And she had like a stack of those like really sick notebooks, notebooks I was like, right? Yeah, I, I still have like, mine. Moleskin. I was like. I mean, that's good stuff. So <laughs> I went in, I grabbed it, and I was like, okay, I gotta, you know, I should talk to them. I, I'm not just yeah, gonna you're, grab you're, and leave, you're right? Your stuff. You should be mine as yeah. well. I talked with Sarah, had a really great conversation. I was like, wow, this is a really cool company. And like I've heard of Etsy, but I, I haven't really used it. But like my like my mom used it and some of my other friends used it. So I was like, okay, it's probably a cool company. I checked mm-hmm. it out. So I was like, New York. And I was like, hold up. That's super cool too. Go. And then, yeah, I looked at the description and then yeah. I was like, okay, I'm interested. I applied, did a coding challenge, which was all like kind of lucky because I only got that because I talked to Sarah. And mm-hmm. I think that's like something I'll get into later, but like you have to put yourself into positions where you can be like lucky in a sense sometimes. True. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And like when I finished it, I did my interview at Etsy, like it was amazing. And that, that was all kind of by luck and by chance, but the reason why I got there was because like I went to this hackathon and I liked building things. Mm-hmm. Like that was the first step, right? Yeah. So like putting yourself yeah, exactly. in those like opportunities that you're passionate about, right? Like building things at hackathons or like doing research or whatever, you'll find these really amazing opportunities like hidden in plain sight. Yes, exactly. So and it's I important think to do those things. Yeah. Sometimes when you say stuff like that, it seems like, oh, they're just saying like, follow your dream, follow your passions, like don't work hard. But I think it's yeah. really the point that I'm getting at is that be the best at what you're passionate about. You know, like I think it's so important to work really hard and to push yourself. And I think Berkeley does a great mm-hmm. job of forcing you to do that. Um, but apply that drive and work ethic in something that you want to succeed at you know right and I think that's when you really see things happen for yourself because then it's the perfect combination of you working hard because even I don't think it was luck like you worked hard to get where you were like you like yeah. I remember like you, yeah. <laughs> you were working at Etsy and you, you I'm sure you like studied for your coding interviews and everything like that because yeah. that's something that you wanted but we were the way that we got there was aided by being really good fits for Etsy for example like I wouldn't have right. like talk to Sarah or been so excited about the company if I wasn't really like like I genuinely loved every aspect of working at Etsy like the office was so beautiful and like that might not matter to a lot of people but for me like I would see those like specific design details and I thought it was amazing like I my resume whenever a lot of recruiters see it they say oh this is like a design resume like I can tell that you're a designer because that's something I'm really passionate about is design and aesthetics and that was the perfect fit for a company like Etsy where Sarah saw my resume and she's like this is really pretty and it it matched because I was just being you know, myself. And I was like, I know it doesn't look like a traditional CS resume, but it's pretty. I like the way it looks like this is who you're going to be getting. So like, here you go. Here's my resume. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Be the best at something, but make it something worth being the best at. 100%. And you mentioned you want to, uh, like, we should talk about, I thought it was like a really great story. Like the Adobe, like how you like got (laughs) your, like your foot in the door for Adobe. Could you share a little bit more about that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So like I mentioned, I did not like seriously go to a career fair until senior year hunting for full-time jobs. Um, And so 
that was a crazy experience. And I guess people had been doing that for years, but I was like, okay, I should probably like go to one of these and like get myself a job. <laughs> so I, I remember I showed up there 30 minutes before it was supposed to start. And there was already a line like across the building. So people were like fully lined up 30 minutes before. And I was like, okay, like, this is pretty serious. Um, so I, I lined up and I was there for maybe like two hours and like the lines were really long. Um, and it was just like not a fun time because I don't know, I, I don't love the performative aspect of um, career fairs and things like that, where you're like, sometimes it feels like you're like selling yourself. It feels like they're not even listening. A lot of the times, like I remember I was in the Amazon line for so long and then I got there um, and they were like, oh, we're going paperless this year. So like apply at this link. And I was like, <laughs> what? And what's the point? Um, and I was like, I should have known better than stand in an Amazon line after working at Etsy. Um, didn't even apply. Uh, so yeah, I was just like walking around wasn't a super great time. Um, I remember I actually had like another interview like right after that. So I like, I, I had gone outside to like to give that interview like on the phone cause it was just like a, like a feeler call. Um, and then once that ended, I had like maybe 10 minutes to get to class kind of on the other side of campus. But I was like, I might as well like walk through the the fair just like see if I can slip in my, my resume to anyone um, and then like head to class. So I was walking through and the, the Adobe line was there and there's like a lady who seemed to not be doing anything. And I was like, oh, cool, like Adobe's cool. Like, again, like their water bottles look really nice. Like someone had told me in a different line, they're like, did you go to the Adobe table? Like they have really cool work. Uh -huh. I was like, no, I should definitely check that out. <laughs> so there was like a lady just uh, standing there and I was like, oh, this is great. I should like give her my resume. So I was like, hey, and she said, hi. And she's like, did you come from the line? And then she pointed behind me and I somehow missed like the long line for that table. And I was like, no, I didn't see that. I'm so sorry. Um, I gotta go though. Like, I, I, I wish I could right. talk, but like, sorry, sorry about that. I'm, I'm just gonna go. And she's like, oh, well, like you can give me your resume. Like it's no big deal. And I was like, cool. Then I gave my resume and like literally that like 30 second um encounter I guess was good enough that I got an email later asking if I wanted like to schedule an an on-campus interview uh, and that's just like where it started and I think that kind of is indicative of like my general approach was like maybe it's a naive approach to job search because I know people who are like, really intense about like having their spreadsheets and like, getting in the time to talk with people but even when I was at that career fair I would honestly like go to the tables with like the least amount of people and the people who seemed like they just wanted to have a conversation with me um like I yeah. I remember I came back with like the randomest companies and I was telling my friends or like later I was like oh I have like a like a Schlumberger interview like I, do you know who they are I don't know there's no one at the table so like I like went um but like that's kind of the same kind of thing that happened with like the Adobe table and then even at my real my interview I remember I was asked like I think just a question about like a struggle at work like one of those like how did you overcome mm -hmm. it and I remember I, I told like a real story that had somewhat recently happened to me um, and I ended it with like I don't know I haven't told that story before like I don't know if it's like the right kind of interview story and he was like no like that that was yeah. like thank you for sharing that like I I don't know like he was kind of caught in a moment of like real human vulnerability as well and I think that was mm -hmm. kind of indicative of how like the whole interview process went for me where it wasn't like um, and I think Adobe did a great job of this in general. Like I can really tell the way that they interview was meant for like to hire a person, not a skill set. Um, and yeah, it just really felt like he, in those little moments of like catching someone unaware or catching 
someone in like a moment of like this is my real story like I'm not trying to like sell anything like this just happened to me right. like here you go um kind of broke down those barriers to see each other as like people who could work to- together rather than like um, a resume or like a list of things that would look good on a list of things that Adobe can do yeah I had a, I had a similar experience uh while interviewing at GitHub and GitHub is um has like an interesting interview experience where they have a diversity and inclusivity interview oh, yeah. for interns as well and like a, they were like that's for like dni dni and they just want to hear about like what your experiences are like and like what are your thoughts about diversity in general which is scary cool. right as someone with yeah. like you know like who doesn't have that much experience in that area right so i was just like hey like i grew up in a pretty great environment to be honest and i was just mm-hmm. like very honest about it i just told them about like like what i experienced through and like some of my core beliefs um and I just shared like the things that I learned like while teaching. And I was like, I don't know if this is good enough. I like don't know all the theory behind this, but yeah, this is all I, like, I wasn't, I don't know what to say in this interview. And this is just how I feel about this yeah. topic. And they really liked it. And the recruiter, we had like the, one of the best conversations about like education out of all mm-hmm. the things we could talk about. Yeah, and I don't know. I it just reminded me of that. And just like, it's so important to, you know, sometimes, you know, you don't have to fa- memorize things for an interview. While that could be helpful, for certain companies, it's important to, you know, just be yourself as cliche. Yeah, as it sounds so cheesy, but I, I really do yeah. think that's the most helpful thing that you can do to yourself, to do for yourself. And it, I think it has always played off really well. And the way I kind of learned to do this was um, my freshman year, I was trying to interview for things, but like as a freshman, you have no experience both interviewing and like experience to do a job that you might apply for um but I remember I put so much pressure on myself to be this like perfect like candidate and show them how like experienced I was so I was I had a call and I like super flopped a question because I didn't even know what to say and I just started like talking hoping that I would find the answer while I was speaking and I was telling my roommate about it and she was just like oh yeah like if I get a question and I don't know the answer like I, I just say like oh it's kind of hard like can I, can I think about it for a second? At the time I was so taken aback. I was like, what do you mean? Like showing vulnerability <laughs> and weakness in an interview? Like, no, but that really stuck, stuck to me because that idea that you can just be yourself and tell the truth when a question is hard, I think is sometimes something that you just don't do. And you end up making a lot of mistakes because you like force yourself into just starting to talk mm-hmm. or you you get you get frozen in the moment because you're trying to be this one person but you're like actually this other person at the same time you just do yourself a disservice you know um so i've ever since freshman year i always think about that so when i get a hard problem i always say that's kind of that's kind of difficult let me think about it and the interviewers always are like yeah for sure this is a hard question that's why we (laughs) go ahead and think about it like they're not thinking they're not how many people are going to be able to solve that and or say the right answer like immediately and if you find one like good job you should hire them but I need some time to think. And I think you should want to hire someone who will think critically about the questions that you ask them. Yeah. And like building on that, like during the interview process, it's okay to like not get the answer, like in a quick time. Like I, some of the best interviews I've done were when I struggled a lot and I was just exploring like five different solutions before I got to the optimal solution. And that's actually sometimes better than like maybe getting the optimal solution directly because they can see like how you communicate, how you mm-hmm. problem solve, how you, how your processing works. And I remember when I interviewed at Etsy, uh, I, w- I didn't really know that much about data structures because I only took like 61A, but uh, like they asked me a data structures question and I was like, uh, I don't really know this, but this is how I would design it if I made a data structure. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
that was something that was yeah. super cool But yeah, I just wanted to wrap this all up and like say thank you so much to Neha for taking time out of her day to speak with me and shed some light on her experiences and any advice she had for like, like software engineering and college and in general. And yeah, do you have anything to plug before we head off? Uh, Not a lot going on right now. You can follow me on Instagram at neha.dabke. And that's about it. Um, Awesome. Yeah, I, I, we, my family got a puppy recently and I'm working on building his Instagram following, but don't have a lot going on on that front yet, but I'll, I'll let you know. Ooh, exciting. Well, yeah, thank you again and Yeah, thanks care. again. This was a really fun time. Sweet.